Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Good morning and welcome to Talk Money. This program is about helping you know more about your finances and what to do in this confusing financial world where you're exposed to so much information and more information actually than you've ever had before. I'm here to help you put some order to those financial amount of financial information and to help you get some order to your financial house, your goals, and what you're doing to help you develop your financial roadmap to achieve your financial dreams and goals. We will give you direction on how to know the difference between someone selling you something or someone truly trying to give you good advice and helping you make a decision. We discuss quality products and ways to make selections of what product is suited best for you. And it's not just best for the person selling the product. Of course, finally, and most important, we talk about what is excellent service and the idea of bringing service to you and giving you that insight of how to select a financial advisor and really knowing that the best service you can get is in tough times when the market's not doing what you want it to do or your family is going through some tough financial trial. Talk Money is about giving you information about advice products, and service. That's, again, we thank you for listening. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. I've got two great guests, actually three. i got Michael Powell. He is going to talk about your denial. Are you in denial about spending for an adult child? I mean, is that you're keeping that adult child? Should you be doing that? Well, hey, we're going to find out really what that's all about. And in the second half of the program, common questions that client ask, and that's Landon Mills and Keith Quinn, you know, is 2008 going to happen again? Well, that's a common question a lot of people ask. Then will it happen again? What should I be doing? We're going to find out more about that. So stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back after this. listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. I'm proud to introduce a new wellness program. It's called Live Well. Wellness is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. For more information, call the Racket Club today, 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers on AM 990. If a disaster struck right now... What would you and your family do first? Would you stay where you are or leave? What if you and your family were separated? Would your kids know what to do? How would you get in touch with them if your cell phone isn't working or the subways aren't running? Don't wait until a disaster strikes to figure it out. It's your responsibility to make a plan for you and your family ahead of time. To learn how, take our readiness challenge at nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. 
In this online tool, you'll be faced with real-life challenges, forcing you to make quick decisions at every turn to teach you the importance of being prepared for a disaster. Without a plan, it's like you're putting your family in a disaster. Visit nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker, Landon Mills, and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Of course, uh, this portion of our program is brought to you by uh, one of our best people we know, that is the Bailey Law Firm. Here is state planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. And we thank Mac Bailey and the law firm for supporting us as they do. Michael Powell is my guest from the office. Welcome to the program, Michael. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, Guy, I I really appreciate you being here because really I'm going to talk a little bit about your generation. And I want to avoid pointing a finger at your generation, but we're going to talk about are you in denial? And I'm really talking to parents and your generation about spending on adult kids. Now, you know, you think about that. I can remember when I graduated from high school, basically, my generation was pretty much told, goodbye, see you later. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck. And that was kind of a mindset. Now, my dad and mom, I think if I'd have been needed to, I could have easily have done something. They would have easily have taken, but it just wasn't a part of my generation. Sure. We were told, hey, guys, go to college and you're done. You're out. Now, I know that's different today. And I, for a lot of reasons. I'm thinking the cost of living today is enormous, and I'm not so sure that your generation is walking out of college and finding themselves making the kind of income sometimes to catch up. That's very true. And so literally, let's talk about this. This is a topic that appears more in today's society than in the past, Uh, and I know that for individual families. What do you really mean when I say adult kids? Well, for millennials in general, we're called the boomerang boomerang generation and those are adult kids over 22 because after they've grown up in the household went off to college for four to six years depending on if they did that victory lap or not yeah, right <laughs> but after that they come back into the household to either they start working in their career or they're looking for their career so it's coming all the way back just like a boomerang does you know i wonder now is that is it because of the comfort of coming back. I mean, I can fully understand, man, you went through high school, the comfort of home, you went through college, maybe you lived away. Uh, but the reality is all of a sudden, I don't, I look at this as a cruel, hard world. So why are they back in the house? What's the reality there? 
for our generation, we're the most educated generation there is in history. If you think about it, because most people or the older generations like yours and the one before mine, they're the ones that they went into high school and they went straight into their career. But for us, most of us are going to get our bachelor's degree of some sort or uh, associate's degree. But when they come back home, four in 10 of those, according to a Limera Secure Retirement Institute survey, four in 10 are unemployed and underemployed. And what I mean by underemployed is they got a degree, they're an entry-level job, but they're not making as much as they should be getting out. So, so their college education is really not providing them that, that job opportunity. Yes, because a lot of the jobs now, even though they're called entry-level jobs, mm-hmm. they're not actually looking for kids that or adults that are just graduating from college. They want some experience under their belt. And how are those guys going to get, guys and girls going to get experience if they're been in school. Or well, that's life. a great point. I mean, I can see that as being, I mean, a lot of parents think their expenses are going to go down after that child goes off to get his degree. But unfortunately, what you're saying is they're moving back. That, you know, that causes their household expenses to stay the same or worse. It may even increase. Yes, it does. Well, I think that's something we want to talk about. What, what kind of expenses are you talking about when you say they go up? So, The parents are used to paying for all the bills, housing, cell phone, allowance, all those different things. While their their child's in school. It's adult. I'm going to refer to it as adult. As as the adult. adult. Right, because I'm in that that, uh, pool, too. Right. So I might as well say that, even though I think I'm a kid still. But (laughs) cell phone bills. You're a smart kid, by the way. Exactly. Uh, Cell phone bills, credit cards, student loan obligations, because that doesn't go away when they get out of college. They have six months to wait, but once that comes up, they have to pay those bills. And if they're not making an income, parents got to chip in on that. Mom and dad got to do it. So, So, you know, you were when we were talking about the program, too, and preparing for the program, you actually told me that literally a little over a third of the parents. I mean, this is that third, 37 percent, I think what you said, are found in a survey that you're talking about with Limbra said that they did, they do not contribute to the child's expense. That's correct? Is that yes, right? Yes, that's what the survey said. It said 37% of those parents, they say, do not contribute to those child expenses. Okay, now that shocks me because that means somewhere around 60-some-odd percent is contributing. Yes, maybe because they want to, just to help them out, give them a little it. cushion. I mean, I understand that. I mean, my parents, I'm blessed enough to, to say that they helped me out when I needed it. So I think most parents today can do that, but at the same time, not everybody's going to fit in that in that criteria. I know you told me that six out of ten parents are doing so, and seven in ten have adult children that at least one of those seven out of ten that have children, adult children, one of them's living at home. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. That's a big <laughs> deal. It really is. So now, when we think about that, I'm, I'm kind of going through this mindset as we're going through this. Um, who should worry? About this. I mean, now I'm going to be very candid. Michael, I don't see you falling into this category. And yet I know that you did when you graduated. You stayed a little bit with your parents. And and what was going through your mind when you did that? Well, for my situation in general, I graduated in May. So I had a little bit of time before I actually started my career at Shoemaker because I went straight from college to Shoemaker Financial. And I had to take my licensing test. I had to get prepared, training. And I wasn't earning a paycheck until August. Right. 
So there's a three month window right there of me not being able to earn any money. You didn't have any money saved up. You didn't. I mean, I had a little bit <laughs> left over from a little scholarship. I mean, I could get by. Yeah, but, but what you're saying is, fortunately, mom and dad said, "Come home, stay with us." And you know, you, it wasn't like you were going to stay for, you know, three months is not three years. Yes, that is that is very true, and I had no problem with that. I mean, it's some people or some some adults today they're. That's more of a pride thing for them. Sure. It's like, I don't want to go move back with my sure. parents. I want to go out and do my own thing. But at the end of the day, if you can't, don't don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, go do what you got to do, and you can get out in six months. And that's, that's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's the not going to kill you. That, it's like get out of jail in six months. Yeah. But but is it difficult to me ask you this? I mean, I love what you said because you, you were basically saying that parents – Parents are parents, and that's right. kind of they should help if they can. Whether you're forty or twelve, they're just right. It, it doesn't then, matter. You know, that's reality. Parents should help. Um, did you did you feel like that they were in helping you, guiding you, giving you some type of support, or did you ever feel that they were enabling you to not do what you needed to do? And I know you, Michael. I mean, that's I know how you think. Mm-hmm. So, but do you know what I'm saying? Is yes, that, that's a tough question. It was supporting. I, I wouldn't say it was enabling because they knew where my situation was. I knew where their situation was. So it it's clear and transparent communication there on what's going on. And when you have that enabling come up, that's more the issue I think people have today, especially when they're in denial of it. It's like, hey, you know, this has been fun. I love you and all, but. Time to go get a job. It's time to go get. You know, a it's job. time to go make some money, so yeah. I don't have it's, to keep yeah. dragging myself down. Yeah, find a couple of roommates so. and you know get you an apartment. That's, right. You know, here's the thing: we have to sit down with a lot of parents that are doing this. A lot of parents that are doing this because you really we're saying basically sixty percent is taking care of a child. I so, say a lot too, am I? Yeah, and then, so the reality is, if you're a parent of a millennial child. Even though that child's over age 22, providing a considerable support for that child at, at the time in their lives, could that have begin? That begins to affect your savings and other things that you have for retirement planning and other problems, priorities that maybe this parent has said, once I get him out of college, I can now go do this. And that's not happening. How do you deal with that? Well, that's a, it's a situation by situation basis, of course, because everybody's different. You're never going to have the same situation walk in twice. But at the end of the day, they're being generous. They're being nice. I get it. Your parents, you care about your kids. But also your generos- your generosity is undermining your ability to prepare for those financial retirement goals that you have, just like oh, you right. mentioned. So it's really just talking them through that, saying, okay, here's our timelines on when we're going to get them out of the house. Not not being in a mean sense, but no, but... but but at least having those timelines saying, hey, in six months, I know that I'm going to be able to start putting more money in my 401k. I'm going to start putting more money away in my savings. Those different things come up. So it's it's very conversational, but it's also very supporting. If you just tuned in, my guest is Michael Powell. And we are talking about, are you in denial about spending for your adult child? Are you supporting them or are you enabling them? Well, that's a great question. And we found out in our study that 7 in 10 have an adult child, 7 in 10 that have adult children, one of those children are living, one of those children are living at home. 60% of parents today who have millennials are taking care of a child. Michael, here's the key. Here's, here's what I guess I'm very, very interested in. You've got clients coming in. 
you're working with them. Mm -hmm. And they're they're they've got that millennial child. You can identify with that. Absolutely. And so you can understand how do you help them set their time frames? Do you think it's important for the adult child to be given a time frame to to get out, to move on? Or is it kind of like you said, case by case by case? Or would yeah. you, what would you do here? Let's just say it's uh, in walks a 55-year-old couple and you're working with them with someone else or yourself. And they've got that millennial just like yourself. I mean, you're a millennial. How do you push that understanding? One thing I always tell my clients, especially those parents that are in that age or in this range that we're talking about right now with an adult child is you have little time to do the things you got to do compared to your child. Because uh, I'm 25. Does anybody 22 and above, they have 40 50 years to save, tackle down debt, accumulate wealth, all those different things. But for the parents, just remember, your time's a lot shorter. You may have 15, maybe 10 years to be able to, especially if the goals you have is to retire at 60, 65, 70. And if you haven't been doing enough now, what makes you think you're going to hit those goals Mm -hmm. if you're still not? you know, dra- taking away that weight that's dragging you down and not yeah. saying that, that, no, I ki- that children are, are weight that's dragging you down. But at the same time, there's got to be some transparency there. Good communication with that child to say, Hey, look, at the end of the day, you may need to show them what's going on just to say, look, if I, if I can't do this anymore, here's what's going to happen to me. And that's kind of tough. I know when you told me earlier that 55% of parents who have financially supported their child, 55%, I mean, what you're telling me is that's a group of people that that literally admit that if they've supported an adult child in the past year, admit that that's negatively impacted their their retirement. So you're saying if you know you're doing this, and I love where you put it, that was very good, that the child, this adult person, the millennial, and he's living at home, has a long time to pay off debt yes. or save money. The parents that you're talking to, that 50, 55-year-old, they don't have that time. And so you're trying to help them make a tough decision, and you're saying reality is set some timelines. Yes, and we, we're not trying to be the bad guys at the end of the day, bad guys and girls as advisors telling them they need to do things differently. but. It's just showing them the reality of what's ahead because at the end of the day, it's their decision. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it, right? <laughs> that's exactly that's, right. That's our job in a nutshell It's just, hey, here's good decisions. It's up to you to make them. I can't do them for you. I can't strip the check for you. Yeah. But it's just that. You know, it's easy for there. us to sit here and talk about it. We can talk about facts. We can talk about timelines. Yeah. But reality is it's an emotion. And sometimes that emotion is sometimes very difficult. It could be emotion. I'm tired of my kid living at home. That's one emotion. Or, you know what? I'm here. I can take it. And I want them to stay. And I don't want them to move on. And that's that's really the reality. So you just tuned in, Michael Powell. We're talking about a subject that I think is affecting more people than you ever thought. Are you in denial about spending on adult children? Well, we're going to come back in a few minutes. And what I'm going to ask him is what's a positive thing that we can think about or take about, think, you know, pull from this about adult children living at home. There is some positives. We're going to do that when we come back. You're listening to Talk Money, KWAM 990. We'll be right back after this.
You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. What is that? Oh, that? It's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow. Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money, always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real, but the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no! This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Researchers at a company in Britain called Owlstone, which makes chemical sensors, are working on what amounts to a super-sensitive artificial nose. Billy Boyle is the co-founder. The goal of our company is to make a breathalyzer for disease. It turns out that each of us has a unique smell made up of thousands of organic compounds. Our molecules are a kind of aromatic map of the things that are going on inside us, including things that are going wrong. Boyle says the high-tech nose can sniff them all out. The technology we've developed is a microchip chemical sensor. But the key thing is it's analytically powerful. So what that means is in a matter of seconds, you can detect multiple chemicals, a part per billion, and even sometimes part per trillion concentrations. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today, Michael Powell. We're talking about a subject that I think is so tough because everybody knows somebody that this is going on. Are you in denial about spending on your adult children? Well, before the break, I asked Michael, and who happens to be a millennial. He is that millennial. The definition is you're over 22. And so, uh, Michael, you're 25, and therefore you're an adult, and you're 25-year-old. And I'm a baby boomer, and you're a millennial. Now, we're stuck with those, you know, labels for the rest of our lives, so just sorry, but you're going to be a millennial forever. You'll never grow out of it. You know what I'm saying? I wonder what the new ones will be. I know. It'll be some name. But what (laughs) are some of the positive things that, that, you know, that you can think about? And things that positive things about adult kids living at home. What are some of those? Well, going back to that statistic we talked about earlier, Jim, with the majority of people who have adult children have at least one living at home. The good news is, is that parents are welcoming people back into the home. That is good. That's a great thing to think about. Because I know my parents, and just from my perspective, is they love the fact that they have their kids back home, or at least one of them. 
because it brings back old memories. It's just good to have them there for a little bit of time. But in an effort for that, I see a lot of parents helping them with their budgeting or at least saying, hey, here's some things you're going to do around here. You're going to start chipping in on groceries. You're going to start chipping in on bills, at least getting them, teaching them how to do things before they get into the real world or not. I mean, they're in the real world in some case, but, but it's the real world living on their, own, stand on their yeah, own, living on their own and learning how to do things right the first time and not making big mistakes in the long run. You know, that's a great point, because I think my generation, the baby boomers, we were kind of said, OK, you guys, you graduated by. Yeah. And we made a lot of mistakes and no guidance. There. None. They were just you're out there in the middle of it. Good luck. You're talking about. Some still teaching and guidance is going. That's a very good positive thing. Yes. And another one I would say is that a lot of recent grads are saving a ton of money living at home because if they were living somewhere else, they would be putting that money away in rent, groceries, bills that they could never get that money back, Mm -hmm. especially with rent. But if they're keeping that money, they're saving themselves a pretty decent nest egg for when they do move out, they have a good emergency fund set aside for emergencies. They don't have to go back to mom and dad. That's great. Well, we're going to have people graduating here in the next couple of weeks, and uh, this is what we're talking about. So if someone finds out that they're going to literally be in this category, what could they possibly do to prevent it? Talk with your children, first off. That's good. I think communication is key on both parties, at least. But talk with them about their career goals, where they want to live, Communicate with them on the front end what they see doing, because I think that helps out a lot, especially on the timeline part that we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier. But encourage them to start working as early as possible. And if they're a middle school. Just a job. Yeah, just a job. I mean, if they're a middle school, tell them to go work at a restaurant. I mean, get them some life experience working, building up their resume, and in between college, doing some internships. Even if they don't pay, building up that resume, that way it may help you accelerate that time of getting out of the house and moving somewhere on your own. You know, that's a great point because as a baby boomer, I felt the competition as a seventh grader. I mean, it was big. I mean, as you know, I was cutting grass and doing all the things and this job and that job and cleaning. I actually worked as a janitor and all. And I was doing all that, you know, because I knew that when I did get into the quote unquote word you're using real world, I was going to be competing with this huge amount of people. And so what you're talking about is beginning to develop that competitive spirit early on, jobs, get good advice, get good counsel, and uh, pay attention to what mom's dad's saying. Yeah. And then back what you just said about seventh grade being a janitor, I didn't know that. But that's really cool. But those are the things I didn't know that. Maybe if you were the parent, tell your child about that story. What you did when you were growing up. Actually, my two daughters were janitors. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just all those different perspectives just saying, hey, look, here's what I did growing up. Here's the things I did when I started out, at least telling them that. That way, maybe they could pursue to do better than that. Well, that's that's great advice. Or at least stay on that level. You know, as a millennial, I will say this about you. You're one of the smartest millennials I know. That's uh, great. You're doing a great job, Michael. Of all the ones you know, I I feel pretty special That's right, and I know a lot about it, a lot of millennials. Thousands of them, I'm sure. Yes, and Michael Powell We'll be back in just a few minutes. Uh, Michael has done a great job talking about are you in denial about spending on kids. But coming with me in a few minutes is Landon Mills and Keith Quinn. Common questions that you hear from clients. And, boy, we're going to try to go through those. Lots of questions have been collected from uh, Talk Money at email, just emailing us at talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com, and we're going to go through them one at a time. It's Keith Quinn and Landon Mills. We'll be right back 
after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. After Britain's defeat in the Revolutionary War, both Spain and the U.S. claimed much of the land east of the Mississippi River and maintained a network of frontier military bases along the Mississippi Bluff. Among the commanders of these bases were such figures as the famed explorers Meriwether Lewis and Zebulon Pike and the 12th President of the United States, Zachary Taylor. What is now downtown Memphis was a Spanish military outpost under the command of Manuel Gayoso. Until the American army took over the site two years later, Gayoso's soldiers manned a fort and surrounding buildings where the pyramid stands today. Although the forts were later abandoned as the frontier moved further to the west, the legacies of the men who commanded them made a lasting imprint on our cultural heritage, including the names of our streets and landmarks. Those who walk Gayoso Avenue today trace the footsteps of some of our nation's most revered icons. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Ahoy, ye mateys! Now I know you probably think a pirate like me with a peg leg and an eye patch is in search of me buried treasure, but tis not so, me mateys! My brave crew and I have pledged to plunder no more until we clean up all the garbage that comes out here from land. Why, just today, I found an aluminum can that said soda pop from the mountaintop. Somebody probably threw it on the ground and it washed into a drain pipe and into a river and into the ocean. Now I've got the best crew in the seven seas. But we can't do it all ourselves. Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. To learn more about keeping oceans clean, visit keepoceansclean.org. Not tarnation. I mean, keepoceansclean.org. Right? That's keepoceansclean.org. Yeah, what he said. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. My guest now in this part of the program, I mean, I got some heavyweights in here now. Not big guys, but very, very smart. That's Keith Quinn and Landon Mills. We're going to talk about questions 
common questions that you've asked us through emailing us at talkmoneytomakeafinancial.com. And, you know, guys, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, Lana, let's start with you. And, I, and I, you know, Lana's one of our senior advisors at the office, does a wonderful job with his clients. And I think, Lana, that so many people talk about downturns and sure. concerns and problems and issues. I know the question that we get sometimes is 2008, will that happen again? But the reality, let's put it kind of in a, re, you know, will 2008 happen again? That's hard for us to even decide. The reality is, will that type of a correction, would we have a 20% correction again? Sure. Well, uh, you know, it's not to say <laughs> Don't that Don't be that positive. Well... <laughs> You know, will will something like 2008 happen again? We we don't know. If we had a crystal ball and could predict the future, we would all be millionaires. But the fact is, we don't. Um, if historically, if you look at the market historically, have twenty correction twenty percent corrections happened in the past? Certainly. Um, if the the past is any indication of what's going to happen in the future, then yes, at some point, a twenty percent correction could happen. But the the bigger question is: Is that going to mean everything is going to fall apart? You know, your portfolio is going to fall apart. You know, is that going to put you in a dire situation? That's the part we really don't know. And that's the part that we can't just, you can't take that question and put a general answer on it because it affects everybody differently. And depending on what stage of life you're in, what, you know, what time frame you're on, uh, if you are in retirement, if you are, you know, two years out of college and just now saving for your future, it's it affects everybody differently, so that's it's a very generalized question that you can't just generalize the answer. And you're talking about when I kind of set it up there, a twenty percent correction in the stock market. That is true. And uh, we're talking about a totally different thing when you talk about somebody's portfolio. Well, you know, twenty percent correction in the stock market. So if you really break that concept down, there's a number of factors that go into it. One, most people's portfolios consist of both stocks and bonds. All right. If you know anything about the bond market, what you have to understand is a 20 percent drop in the stock market does not mean a 20 percent drop in the bond market. Mm. Okay. secondly, if you break down the type of stocks that you have, you might have some domestic. You might have some international. Well, what's happening in the world domestically may not necessarily be happening in the world internationally. And so or vice versa or vice versa. Uh, Now, we are becoming more of a global economy. And so those things kind of play off of each other. But if you are, let's just say, hypothetically close to retirement and you've done a good job of managing your money and you are heavier on the bond side than you are the stock side, a 20 percent drops not going to necessarily affect that portfolio as someone who may be 30 years old, who may be far heavier on the stock side. So so what you're talking about there is some kind of a diversification based on age, risk tolerance, and those things. Age, stage of life, uh, what your uh, goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, getting back to the to, to the 20% drop, one of the biggest things that I find with, with my clients and just general conversations is they see a 20% drop in the market. They watch the radio and the TV and the media and all that kind of stuff, and they automatically think, well, my – account has dropped 20%. So they're going to the computer, pulling it up, anticipating a 20% drop. What happens is they look at it and they're like, oh, well, it, it didn't drop 20%. So, right. you know, the world isn't falling apart, as as somebody on the media is telling but us. But that's the problem. A lot of times the media is uh, painting that it is, I can remember we've read, in fact, I was reading something recently about Bernanke saying the housing bubble. Right. And uh, in fact, uh, maybe I can find that while you're talking, to, but maybe you can find it, Keith. But the reality is, you know, he makes a comment in 2007 
about the uh, the the whole idea, and we'll find it here in a minute and come back and talk about it. But the reality is, we have a tendency to predict things, sure. And that's when you make you know some people get it right, and they're heroes for till they make the next prediction. And then most of us don't get it right, and the reality is we don't do that. And that's the key. You found it, Keith. I did. It was in, in July of 2005, and you know, then to, uh, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, and they asked him about a bubble in the real estate market. In 2005, he said, I guess I just don't buy your premise. It's a pretty unlikely possibility. But this was the interesting thing. We've never had declines in house prices on a nationwide basis. And then, of course, prices dropped off by almost 22%. Uh, so even the really, really smart guys really can smart get it wrong. Can get it wrong. <laughs> so we have to be careful how we do predictions from that standpoint. Keith, when he when he asked the question about that, when do you think it'll happen again? I mean, you know, we always say, sure, it's going to happen again. Well, and, and one of the things that we caution people to say is, you know, you, you don't want to get in the habit of saying this time it's different. But, you know, 2008 was its own unique circumstance. 2008 wasn't a 20 percent drop from peak to trough in the S&P 500. It was a 57 percent dro- uh, drop. But as Landon said, you know, what did well then? Short term bonds, gold, government bonds. That was the ballast in your portfolio, these high quality bonds. So as the market was dropping off the face of the earth, it felt like the bonds were doing well. But, Jim, I thought you made a really important point in the middle of 2008 going into 2000. 2009, the media would have had you believe it was the end of the world. We were talking about nationalizing the banks. It looked bleak. It was Dow 5000. It was this is never going to come back. And you just can't get caught up in that. As a long-term investor, you've got to realize that 2009 is right around the corner. And we had a phenomenal 2009 and a you real know, rebound. And, and you got a great point. So many people get caught up in what the media is trying to get us to do. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, we're part of the media but we're trying to put the purpose of the program is to put some perspective and help on people understand it. And then, and you said it planning, you know, diversifying, getting your portfolio rebalanced, doing a good job, selecting what you're trying to do your time horizon. Are you 30 years old or 60 years mm-hmm. old? That dictates a lot of the things that we're talking about from what we invest. Right. Absolutely. When you think about a bear market and that's what Landon was talking about with a drop of 20%, the average length of a bear market is 15 months. So if you need that money 12 months from now and you need all of your principal back, I just really can't put you in stocks because I know a bear market could last 15 months. So you have to have a more conservative investment that doesn't take on the risk of you having that kind of a drop when you potentially need that money. Guys, I I don't want to take that lightly either. That's counseling. That's advising. Mm -hmm. That's guiding. That's paying attention to what the client's trying to do. Well, and what I was going to piggyback off what Keith said is, if you really, and this is one thing I try to talk to my clients about, is if you really uh, break down the length of a of a bear market, and you are 35 years old, and I ask the question, when are you going to need this money? Well, I'm not going to retire till you know, 67. Well, 15 months, you can you can recover from that. Absolutely, you can recover from that. The problem is, is then when things like an 08 happen or when a bear market happens, it's human nature. Emotions take over. Emotions drive your uh, decisions. If you talk to anybody, they will tell you, do not make a decision based off of emotion, but that's what people do. I I do it myself, and you really can't do that. So getting back to your point about having someone to talk to, to counsel you, that is primarily what we do, and we try to talk people off the edge to say, hey, it's not going to be that bad. That's, That's so critical. If you just tuned in, Keith Quinn, Landon Mills, we're talking about questions that you've asked us about, and one of them was, will 2008 happen again? When we come back, one question that I think is critical, do we time the market? What does timing actually mean? I'm going to 
ask Keith that and see what he says, and we'll get uh, his buy-in on what timing the market means and why it's important, yes or no. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. We'll be right back after this. Listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The Racket Club proud to introduce a new wellness program. It's called Live Well. Wellness is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. For more information, call the Racket Club today, 901-765-4444. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers on AM 990. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Pew, pew. Wait, wait. Mom, what? Huh? What? Hold What'd on. What'd you say? Wait a second. What? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, past bluebirds, streams, getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You've heard of getting your shots, but have you heard of getting shot if you don't? I'm Dr. Katherine Albrecht, and I'll be back to tell you just how far some public health officials will go to vaccinate kids. Privacy is under attack. When you give up data about yourself, you'll never get it back again. And once your privacy is gone, you'll find your freedoms will start to vanish too. So protect your rights, say no to surveillance, and keep your information to yourself. Privacy, it's worth hanging on to. This message is brought to you by StartPage.com, the private search engine alternative to Google, Yahoo, and Bing. Start over with StartPage. Around 10% of parents in the U.S. opt out of measles vaccines for their kids, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Some worry about side effects and others have religious or medical objections. But in the African nation of Malawi, there are no exceptions. Members of the Zion and Atumwe churches found this out the hard way when police rounded up over a 100 of their children at gunpoint and forced them to be vaccinated. In Malawi, holdouts go to jail. One father was sentenced to prison and two years hard labor because his religion forbids vaccines. Man, I'm glad to live in the land of the free. I'm Dr. Katherine Albrecht for StartPage.com, the world's most private search engine. 
This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Time starts now. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Where can you find the answers to these questions? Car crashes are one of the leading killers of U.S. children. Many of those deaths could be prevented by making sure that kids are in the right seat for their age and size. Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. (laughs) Sounds that energize you. (laughs) And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. More than 30,000 Americans are now living with ALS. To help improve the lives of people with ALS, the American Academy of Neurology has updated its guidelines, identifying the best treatments to help these people live longer and easier. The Academy recommends people with ALS enroll early in a specialized multidisciplinary ALS clinic and take the only FDA-approved drug for ALS called Riluzole. To learn more, visit AAN.com. That's AAN.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. We're listening to, or you're talking to, and you're listening to, I need to get that right, uh, Key Quinn and Landon Mills. We're talking about questions, common questions that you ask. And uh, we fill these up, and it's, it's questions we hear all the time. And, and, you know, Keith, this is a question that I guess it just kind of circles around. It kind of recycles itself. And this one, I think, is very legitimate. First of all, let's do this. Let's define the question. Okay. It's, it's talking about timing the market. Dave, the question is, do we as a firm time the market? But first of all, define timing the market. I believe when people are talking about timing the market, they would say, is there this trigger that will take my portfolio to cash so I will miss the drop and then you will get me back in to be benefit from the remote? Is Is that right? Timing the market to get out of the market and to get back into the market. And, you know, we've done a lot of studies that say that's just really not feasible or possible. You know, we actually did that as a firm. I have to admit that, that we thought that, I mean, the theories were all there. We spent time and energy and actually hired two what we call timers right. back in the 80s. 
And, uh, you know, it looked great. It, it, it makes a lot of sense, and sure. it has an intuitive sense that, yeah, I would love to miss that drop, and I'd love to participate in the upside. And some people actually indicate that they can do that, and I'm not saying that somebody can't. We found that as we studied it and worked with people and spent an enormous amount of time, the algorithms that people even put together <laughs> today are not always going to be accurate. And all you have to do is miss a couple of the big swings up or down, and you really got some problems. We looked at, and 2016 was a perfect example. We look back at what happened with the worst first six weeks in the market in 2016. One of the popular signals that would signal that you should get out of mark of the market would be something that a, a technician would call the death cross. Right. When you see a moving average, a short-term moving average cro- cross over a longer-term moving average, signaling some weakness in the market, you should get out. And then when you have the golden cross, that short-term moving average goes back above that long-term moving average, and then you should get back in. Well, we saw in 2016, if you would have traded off both those two technical indicators, you would have lost about 9% of your total return. So that's why, you know, we don't think. I've thought about this a lot. You know, you and I have looked at it. We've looked at everything from the death cross to the Hindenburg Omen, all of these ways to get you out of the market. But what we realize is, going back to 1980, the average intra-year drop of the S&P 500 is right around 14.2%. Now, that's every year, down about 14%, 10% a technical correction. But in 75% of those years, we actually had a positive return in the index. Staying invested, knowing your long-term goals, having allocated portfolio like Landon's talking about, that's the best way to get that long-term return. Well, let me ask both of you. We're just about to close out. Landon, reality here, why is planning important? That's the question, why is planning important? Well, I'm going to go back to what Keith was saying, and I'm going to answer that question. One of the things with the, the the reason why planning is important and the reason why timing the market is so difficult and it's difficult for people to understand is timing the market is action. When something's going wrong, psychologically, clients want action. They want you to fix something. You've got to take some action and do something to fix this. A lot of times time in the market, it's impossible to do. So as a result, we don't maybe we, we don't take that action. Clients are like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Clients don't ask that question if they have properly planned. If they have properly planned and have done the things that they are going to do for a long-term return, things like short-term drops don't play that big of a part into their uh, scenario. And Landon's exactly right. In 2008, it was incredibly hard in the fall to say, look, we've got to stay the course because he's right. It was an emotional time and people wanted us to do something to make this better, to protect their money. And we had to say, no, you're an allocated portfolio, stay the course. And that's why they got the benefit of 2009. Guys, you've been great. I mean, great comments, great thoughts, great questions, clients. We would mean from you, the listening audience, send them to us. And so all you have to do is send it to talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Talk money. And uh, we'll get these questions to you. Michael Powell was earlier. He was talking about denial, about spending on adult kids. Lennon Mills and Keith Quinn, common questions from clients. Well, we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the program. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And we're going to now go and say thank you to our producer and board operator, Gil Worth, guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Eleanor Moskowitz, compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong, Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brazier, and written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're here every week with the Talk Money program that's for you and you only, and we thank you for listening. Thank you for so much for being a part. KWAM 990, helping you make the most of your money.
Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Advantage Capital Management and Securing Financial Services 